0: Let me ask you a question. Let's have a show of hands. How many of you this morning would like to be a success in life? Want to put your hands up? So all of you. Who have not got their hands up? No, everyone's got their hands up. Good. You know, every one of us, we want to be a success in life. I guarantee every one of us this morning, we want to prosper in the things that we do. Everybody wants to do well in life. Uh, if I ask how many of you want to be a failure in life, you know, you might have the one random dude who's just living in his mom's basement and just doesn't care about life, you know, and puts his hand up. But the rest of us, we, you know, we want to be a success in life. We don't want to be a failure. But we live in a world where success is so short-lived. We get success so fast, but we also lose it equally as fast. You know, but there is a secret to success in life. And in all that you do, and this includes the fiscal part of our life as well. We've been going through this series called Debt All Live. And it's all a series about money, how to handle our money, what God wants us to do with our money. And there is a way to be successful even in the money part of your life. You know, there was a story of this rich businessman who had a son who was a little lazy and he liked to party and have good times a little too much. The businessman wanted his son to learn the value of money and the value of hard work and the value of actually just being responsible. So one day he said to his son, he said, son, He said, today you must go out and you must earn something. And whatever you earn, you need to bring back to me. If you don't earn anything, then you're going to have no food tonight. We're not going to provide any food for you. So... The boy went out and the boy was all upset in the way his dad had treated him. He felt that his dad was treating him badly. He didn't deserve to be treated like this. So he decided to go to his mother like all good boys do and cry to his mother. Because when dad is being harsh on you, there's no better place to go than the crying shoulder of your mother. And so the boy went to his mother and he started to cry because he was so upset. And his mom just couldn't help it. And uh, so the mom's heart started to melt at the sight of her son's tears. And so she decided, I'm going to help the boy out. So she gave the boy a gold coin and the, and the boy started stopped crying. And the boy went on with the rest of his day. When the father came home that night, the father said to the boy, he said, what have you earned for me today? And so the boy handed him a gold coin. And the father was was pleased and he was surprised. He says, okay, what I'm going to do with this gold coin, I want you to take it and I want you to throw it in a well. So the boy was like, sure, I'll do that. So he took the gold coin, he threw it in, in the family well. And at that point, the father, being a wise man he was, realized what had happened. He realized that his wife had handed the boy the coin. So the father decided he would send his wife away on business. So that night, he told his wife, you've got to go away. There's some business I want you to take care of. So the mother went away. The next day, the father came to the boy and says, son, he says, I want you to do exactly the same as what you did yesterday. Go and earn something. And when you come back, give it to me. If you don't give me what you've earned Then there will be no food for you tonight. So the boy was upset again, and the boy started to cry. He felt his father was being too harsh and treating him unfairly. So the boy this time, he looked around found that his mother wasn't around so he went to the next best thing and he went to his sister and he started to cry on his sister's shoulder telling how unfairly his dad had treated him so the sister's heart started to melt and the sister decided she would go into her savings and give her brother a gold coin I wish my sister had given me gold coins just saying but didn't happen but this sister did so the sister gave him the gold coin. Later that night when the, when the businessman came home, he said to his son, son, what have you earned today? So the son handed him a gold coin. And the father said, okay, I want you to take the gold coin. I want you to throw it in the well. So the son says, sure. So he took the gold coin, threw it in the well, had a nice meal that night. The father again realized what had happened and he realized that his daughter had given him the gold coin. So he called his daughter in and he sent his daughter to go and help his wife on business. So she sent her, he sent her away that night. The third day came, and the businessman said to the, uh, to the boy, he says, Okay, I want you to go and earn something, and when you earn something, bring it back tonight. If you don't bring anything back, there will be no food for you at the table. And the son, once again, was all upset that his dad had treated him harshly. He searched the house. His mother wasn't there. His sister wasn't there. He didn't know what to do. So he decided to go down to the market and look for work. And he asked around, and and most people said no. But then one farmer said to him, yes, I'm looking for some help. I need somebody to carry the produce that people buy to their homes. And he says, if you do that, I'll give you two gold coins. So the young boy took him up on the offer. And he started to carry the produce to the people's homes. And as the day went on, the boy got weaker and weaker. He started to get blisters um, on his hands and blisters on his feet. His hands became hard and callous. He started to sweat like he'd never sweated before. And he understood that this was a really tough job. At the end of the day, his knees were all weak and he could hardly walk home. And when he got home, he saw his dad and his dad said to him, he said, what have you earned for me today? And the boy says, I've earned two gold coins. So the dad said to him, right, I want you to throw those coins into the well. And suddenly the boy was like, whoa, whoa, I, you're not going to throw those coins into the well. He's like, I, I sweated my butt off for these, for these coins. I've got calluses and blisters on my hands and my feet. He says, I am just ready to go to bed. You are not going to get rid of these gold coins. And so the father at that point, knew that the boy had worked. And the father told the son. He said, the one who feels the pain, or he says, one that feels the pain when the fruits of hard labor are wasted. And at that point, the boy realized the value of hard work. And the boy vowed never to be lazy again. And the father, at that point, realized that he could trust the boy with his wealth And his success. And I ask you today what if our Heavenly Father wants to bless you with his wealth? What if our Heavenly Father wants to trust you with success? What if our Heavenly Father wants to use you in greater ways than what he is using you right now? Can he trust you? Do you value God's blessings on your life? Do you value God's incredible wealth and incredible power? You know, maybe the reason you may be struggling in life right now is because God is testing you so that he can trust you with more. For our Heavenly Father only wants the best for you. He wants you to have a good life. He does not want you to have a bad life. He wants you to have a good life and he wants the best for you, but he will not put you in a place where you will succeed and then you will ultimately fail. He doesn't want you to put you in a place where you will fail. And so today what I want us to do, I want us to look at three truths that will help us understand what it takes to begin living a successful life. And, And I believe that if we follow these three steps, our Heavenly Father will start to bless us in ways that we could never imagine. So the first truth I want to give to you today is this. Only wealth from hard work sustains. Only wealth from hard work sustains. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 11 says this. It says, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Proverbs is saying, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes, it will quickly disappear. But when you work hard at it, it will grow over time. You know, there's many get-rich-quick schemes in this world today. There's many ways that we can earn a quick buck or two. You just have to look at how many people play the lottery. I think it's amazing when there's like this huge jackpot. Suddenly everybody comes out and decides, I'm going to win the lottery. When there's actually more chance that they're going to be struck by lightning in this world. I mean, there's no chance that they're going to do it. But everybody wants to get rich quick. They're looking for fast money. There's even a TV show on TV that's called Fast Money because we want money quick. In fact, if we're to be honest, the majority of us this morning, we want to earn the most amount of money for the least amount of work. Right? That's most of us. Nobody wants to say, hey, I want to work an extra 30 hours a week, uh, but I'll only take half the paycheck. We want to earn the most amount of money for the least amount of work. You know, there was a guy called Charles Ponzi, lived many, many years ago. And Charles Ponzi decided he would come up with this scheme to make money really quick. So what he did, he, he actually conned people into making investments to him for a crazy amount of return on their investments. But instead of investing the money in the stock market, into bonds and different things, he decided that he would pay his past clients with the money from his current clients. So when his current clients would give him money, he would take a portion of that money and he would give it back to his past clients. And so these past clients were making this crazy amount of money. Well, eventually, Charles Ponzi His scheme ran out. He stopped having people who were investing into him. And all the people at the other end were saying, where's my money? Where's my money? And they suddenly found out and caught what he did. And he went to prison for a very, very long time. But even though he went to prison and he failed, his legacy lived on. And there's people today who are still using the same sort of thing as Charles Ponzi did. People like Bernie Madoff, who tried to make all this money really quick, and it failed. And lots of people are doing, still doing the same things today, and today we know it as Ponzi schemes. Charles Ponzi, he tried to make money quick. The problem is, you may have short-term success, but when it comes too quick and too easy, the Proverbs say, it will quickly dwindle. The Proverbs say that when wealth, money, and success is gained from hard work, when you get paid for the amount of work that you actually put in, you may not see the results immediately, but over time, it will eventually grow. And it will grow well. That's what the Proverbs tell us. You ask any farmer, anyone who farms any crops, and they know the secret to success in farming Apart from having good soil, good sun, and some good water, the real secret to success is hard work and patience. That's the secret to a successful harvest, hard work and patience. You know, we're not to go around chasing the latest thing. The latest get-rich-quick scheme. We're not about to go around chasing the latest new investment that's going to give us 25% on our investment. There's no such thing in this world. We're not to go around chasing things to get rich quickly. You know why? Because it's eventually going to end in tears. Only hard work pays off. So the first truth is this. Wealth from hard work sustains. Wealth from hard work sustains. The second truth is this. Work hard to pay your own way. Work hard to pay your own way. The Apostle Paul, he wrote a letter to a church and a group of believers who lived in a city called Thessalonica. And this, the, the, these letters, he wrote two letters and they're full of incredible truths. But in the final third of the first letter, Paul makes a plea with these believers at Thessalonica to live a life that is pleasing to God. Live a life that's pleasing to God. You'll see it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I'll be honest, this bit of scripture right now is kind of rocking my world. The reason it's rocking my world is because Paul describes a very different life And a very different way to live, as the ones that we often are living right now, or the ones that our culture is asking us to live right now. We won't read all of it, but look at this in one Thessalonians chapter four, verse eleven and twelve. Start reading at verse eleven. It says this: Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business. And working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not Christians will respect you, respect the way that you live. And you will not need to depend on others. So here, we'll start with verse 11. Paul tells us this, live a quiet life. Live a quiet life, a life where we are minding our own business and we are working with our hands. You know, this is contrary to the life that we're encouraged to live right now. You know, we're we're, we're encouraged to live a life where Facebook or Twitter or Instagram is our life, where we're more interested in what other people are doing than what's going on in our lives as well. We're encouraged to live a a loud life, a life that stands out, a life that everybody can look at and think, wow, I wish I was this person. We live in this celebrity culture where we are becoming a population of self-marketers and self-publicists. It's really what we're becoming. You know, we're, we're, we're... Let's be honest, when we're on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, for those of you who use it, you post something, you love it. Love it when you get more likes than anybody else. You love it when you get tons of comments back. You love it when people maybe are sharing what you are putting. But you know what the Apostle Paul says? He says, a life that pleases God is a quiet life. A life where we mind our own business. That's what he says, we mind our own business. Really, I'm going to translate that for you. It's a life where we are more concerned with what God is doing in our lives than what's going on in everybody else's life. A life where we're more concerned that God is changing us and making us more holy and we're living a life that pleases God than a life than what everyone else is wearing, what everyone else is tweeting, what everyone else is Facebooking, what everybody else is buying, what everybody else is into and doing. That's what Paul says. And then he makes this statement. He says, if you live this kind of life, a life that's hard work and a life where you mind your own business, a life that is quiet then people firstly will respect you. Non-Christians, people who don't even believe in God will start to respect you. But then secondly, this is what he says: and you will not be able to, or you will not have to depend on others. You will not have to depend on others. My, my brother, Josh, my brother, Josh, we used to call him a leech because he's a younger brother, you know, call them all different names. But, I would have my group of friends. He's like eight years younger than me. And then when he became like 18, he wanted to hang out with us and and stuff. So we kind of let him hang out with us. And we would always go out to eat, go out to different places. And we all had jobs. But he was just like this eternal student. And he's just like, he's 20, I don't know, 27, 28. And he's just stopped being a student. I mean, it's just like, dude, get a job. You know, I mean, come on. When you're 28 and you're just like not working, get a job. And so... We would, we would go out, and it's funny, it would come time for the bill, and he would be like, "Oh, I forgot my wallet. I don't have my money on I me. Mean, anyone else got a brother or a friend who were like that. you know? Don't you love those people? It's just like, "Man." So we would always end not paying for him. Well, eventually we caught wind that he would do this all the time, and he would expect other people to pay for him. So in the end, we would tell him, "Have you got your wallet on you?" And he would be like, "No, well, you're not coming out." Are you going to pay? You're not coming out. And he would like I mean he's like he was like 18. He was like, "Mom, mom, they won't let me go out." You know, I'm like, "Grow up, man. Grow up." You know? But but we understood, we started to realize he wasn't paying his own way. And you know what? The problem was and my parents are great parents, but they would just start to give him money and give him things. I'm like, "When did you ever give me money?" But they would give him stuff and you know Still 28, he's still just come out of university, hasn't got a job, doesn't really know the meaning of hard work and what the value of money is. But we live in a time where the pull of what others are doing is causing an ungodly envy and ungodly wants. We see people buying big houses, and we want that. We see people buying new cars, and we want that. We see people buying new clothes, and we want that. You know, this week I was talking to some of the ladies I work with about what we were talking about. And I said, it's amazing how we spend 40 hours of our week dedicated to to just earning a buck or two. And this is what someone that one of them said, says, well, we do it to survive. I mean, I just wanted to laugh. Because we live in the United States where we do not know the meaning of survival. We have three meals a day. We never go without. You know, we think if all we've got left in the house is, you know, a, a can of beans or a can of tuna, we think that we're just surviving. When the reality is we're some of the richest people in this world. We don't understand the true meaning of what surviving is. But this is what happens. We see what everyone else is doing. And the result is we start to overextend ourselves. And then we have to rely on others to help us out. And let me just talk to you parents right now. Don't let your kids drain your resources. Don't let the choices of your children drain your resources. You know, there's nothing worse in this life. I I think, well, there's a lot of the worst things, but something that really gets on my nerves is when I see parents about to retire have to work an extra five or ten years because they're bailing out their children, because their children have made bad decisions. You know what the Apostle Paul says? Live a life so that you can pay your own way. Live a life so you can pay your own way. And children, and I'm not just talking about young children, I'm talking about adult children. Don't expect your parents to bail you out. We live in a culture where we expect our parents to pay for our college, our weddings. We even expect our parents to help us with the down payment for our home. And that is not the way we should live. We should live a way that we should expect to pay our own way. And I encourage you, if you're in that maybe in that first step, of of coming into into making some of those own decisions, whether it's going to college or buying a home or, you know, you're just struggling financially. The answer is hard work, not your parents. And that's what Paul says. He says, do it so you pay your own way. The third truth I want to share with you and the final truth, and we'll close with this. Hard work, work hard, sorry, work hard to bless others. Work hard to bless others. You know, I'm a believer that God delights when you bless others. In fact, I would go as far to say as I think one of the things that just melts the heart of God above everything else is when you start to reach out your hand to others. You know, I made a statement at the beginning. I think this, there is a secret to success. I also said that our Heavenly Father wants to bless you. But there's a secret, and this is the secret. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. It says, if you are a thief, then quit stealing. If you're getting money from people that you shouldn't be getting, quit doing it. If you're getting things that you haven't worked for, quit doing it. He said this, instead, and this relates to all of us, instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then, and this is the then, and then give generously to others in need. And then give generously to others in need. This is what he says, work hard so that you can bless others. Work hard so you can bless others. That's the secret. It's not just about working hard. It's not just about putting a shift in. It's not about just saying, hey, I work 70, 60, 70 hours a week. I'm a hard worker. Because if your work is just for you, then ultimately you're not going to be a success. If your hard work, if all the hours that you're putting in each week is just for you, then you're not going to be a success. You may say, Well, I work extremely hard to get ahead. Then this truth is for you. And the truth is this you work hard to bless others. When you go to work this week, when you receive your paycheck, is that paycheck to bless yourself and your family? Or is it to bless others? You know, at Christmas time, Many of you parents, you put in extra shifts at work. You, you maybe take a second job so you can pay for Christmas presents for your children. A lot of parents do that. There's nothing wrong in doing that. But let me give you another way of looking at life. How about taking a few extra shifts in June to pay for a meal for a homeless person? How about cutting that cable bill? So that each month you could give to somebody in need. How about let's not go out this week to eat and give that money or give some supplies to a single mother or (laughs) widow who needs help. This is what Paul is saying. It's totally radical for our culture because we go to work to look after ourselves so that we can be a success. And then if we've got an overflow, then we can bless others. And Paul is saying, no, you work hard so you can bless others. You know, there's nothing wrong in earning money. There's nothing wrong in earning a lot of money. But when you want your wealth to grow, the secret is hard work. You know, there's nothing wrong in letting other people help you out. Let me just say that. Because you may think, well, I really am, you know, on the poverty line. I can't, I need some help. There is nothing wrong in having people help you out. But ultimately, your goal is you have to pay your own way. We should never rely on others, and we should never expect others to help us out. So, we should live in a way that pleases God. And the way that pleases God is to live a quiet life, minding our own business, where we are working hard. There's nothing wrong in blessing ourselves. There's nothing wrong in having a nice meal, having nice clothes, having a nice house. There's nothing wrong in that. But if that is stopping you from being a blessing to others, then there is a problem. For God blesses people who bless others. You see, work should never be the focal point of our lives. Work should never drive the major decisions of our lives. But what should drive the major decisions of our life, what should be the focal point of our lives, is is this life that I'm living right now pleasing to God? Am I living a life that helps to bless others. You see, the father in that story I I gave at the beginning, he would only give the keys to his kingdom or the keys of his business, I should say, once his son understood the value of hard work. And what if God is waiting for you to learn the value of blessing others before he pours out blessings on you? What if God is wanting you to start to work hard instead of feeding off others before he brings a blessing on you? What if the life that you are living right now is not pleasing to him and he is withholding because he wants to teach you what a life that pleasing to him is all about? What if God right now wants you to give you the keys to his kingdom And make you a success. What's stopping him right now? What's stopping him? Let's bow our heads.